The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, a member of the Wells, on May 4, 2014, based on Acts 2, verses 36-37, which reads, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will all. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about three thousand were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of our Lord. Please remain seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God for our meditation here today is the first lesson you heard read earlier from Acts chapter 2. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, wash clean in the blood of our risen Savior. A chrysalis begins to crack and break open, and soon a monarch butterfly emerges, spreading its wings for the first time. That lowly, worm-like caterpillar has become a beautiful butterfly. What a change, what a transformation, what a metamorphosis. The butterfly is at times used as a symbol for Easter and for the resurrection. Think of what Jesus said in Psalm 22. He said, I am a worm and not a man, scorned by the people and despised by men. You see, he lowered himself, covered with our sins, more disgusting than any kind of worm or or caterpillar. And like a chrysalis, he lay dead in the tomb. And then he emerged, the mighty monarch, the conquering king. And the butterfly can remind us of our own resurrection on the last day. For you see, dear Christian friends, Our life on this earth is a lowly life, like a caterpillar. And our bodies will lie dead one day in the tomb or in the grave. But when Jesus returns, he will raise us, his people, in glory. And we will reign with him forever and ever. What a metamorphosis. But the butterfly reminds us not only of that physical resurrection yet to come, but also of our spiritual resurrection, our first resurrection that has already happened to us 
For you see, dear Christian friends, you have already been raised with Christ. The second lesson on Easter from Colossians proclaimed that good news to us. Through baptism, we were buried with Christ and have been raised with him. And what a change, what a metamorphosis that is. For you see, what a metamorphosis the Easter message works. That's the theme that we want to focus on here this morning. Part one, it changes our hearts. And part two, it changes our lives. Yes, what a metamorphosis the Easter message works. It changes our hearts just as it changed the hearts of those people back there in Jerusalem on that Pentecost Sunday who believed the words that Peter preached recorded here in Acts chapter 2. Last week in the first lesson you heard an earlier part of Peter's sermon on that day as he proclaimed the risen Jesus. For in that earlier part, he made it very clear that Jesus, yes, that Jesus who came from Nazareth had been raised from the dead. The people knew who he was talking about. Jesus from Nazareth, they had seen him. They had seen the wonders, the miracles he had done, showing that he was from God, and yet they had handed him over to be crucified. However, as Peter pointed out, this was in accord with God's set plan and purpose. For God raised Jesus from the dead, just as the scriptures had foretold in Psalm 16, which Peter quoted. In fact, God exalted Jesus to his right hand with dominion and power over all, as Psalm 110 foretold. And now, having clearly established that God had raised Jesus from the dead, just as the scriptures had had said, now Peter brings it all together and concludes his Pentecost sermon with the words from today's text. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Yes, they had crucified the Messiah. How that cut them deep in the heart. How could such a sin ever be forgiven, such a crime? They were surely the scum of the earth, lower than any worm or caterpillar ever was. Was there any hope left for them? Despairing of their works and efforts, they turn to the apostles. And what answer do they receive? Is there any hope? Peter responded, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Now, as you think about those words of Peter, notice how repentance obviously means more than just remorse. The people already felt remorse when Peter calls on them to repent. They they already felt their hearts cut with that remorse over their sin. For you see, repentance not only feels sorry, repentance turns to Jesus. Repentance trusts in Jesus alone for 
unconditional forgiveness, full and free. Repentance believes God's promise. Yes, they had indeed crucified the Messiah. They were guilty. There was no argument about that. But Jesus died for their sins as well. Even that sin, his resurrection, proved it. God raised Jesus from the dead because in Jesus, even those people, even they, had forgiveness. And that's the forgiveness that baptism brings. For in baptism, God pours out his Holy Spirit what a gift the Holy Spirit is. For only the Spirit changes hearts. Only the Spirit ignites and kindles that faith. He shatters the darkness of unbelief with the light of Jesus Christ. He brings the heart which was dead in sin and makes it alive in Christ. Yes, what a change. What a metamorphosis the Easter message works. Now, do I always stand truly astonished at this metamorphosis? Or do I at times take it for granted? What about you? For you see, this metamorphosis was not just something that happened back there in Jerusalem for those people. It has happened for us. In fact, it has happened in you and me at baptism. For you see, each of us are sinners, as guilty as those people back then. And there's a part of us that that objects to that. Oh, no, 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 I wasn't there. I I wasn't calling out, crucify him. I wasn't uh, pounding those nails. Don't blame me. Yet whose sins covered Jesus and brought God's wrath and anger down on him? Whose sins brought all that suffering as the Father turned away from the Son, withdrawing his love, forsaking him? Maybe we could even argue that our guilt is even greater than those people back then. For we have God's full revelation, the complete Bible, so we should know better, and yet we sin. How Peter's words cut deep into our hearts. This Jesus whom you crucified. But don't despair, dear friend. Believe Peter's words when he says, the promise is for you and your children. And he wasn't just talking about those people back there in Jerusalem, for he goes on and says, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And that means you, dear friend, and me. What a promise. For at your baptism, your sins, all your sins, even your future sins were washed away. You are forgiven. That's God's promise. 
in baptism as those drops of water fell on your forehead. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit placed their name on you. Believe his promise, for he has signed it himself. Through baptism, he has given you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has made your heart alive. He has raised you with Jesus Christ and he is still powerfully at work in you. Yes, what a change of heart because Jesus rose from from the dead. What a metamorphosis the Easter message works. And that change of heart inside of us doesn't stay locked up. It overflows and changes the way we live our lives. Which brings us to the second part here. The Easter message changed the way those people back there in Jerusalem who believed Peter's words. It changed the way they lived. We hear of those first Christians sharing everything in common. When there was a need, those who had property or possessions sold some in order to help their fellow believers. And what a wonderful display of Christian faith, love, and hope that was. Now, they did that not because this was forced from the outside. That change of life did not come from that force. It came rather from within their hearts in praise to God. Yes, Outward threats and punishments, as well as rules and regulations, can coerce or entice people to have a more Christian-looking kind of behavior. Just like you can force open a chrysalis to try to find something that looks like a butterfly, but it's dead. And so also people can be forced to act like a Christian, but that does not make their hearts alive. And that's not what we see happening here among this first congregation. Rather, what we see in their change of life, their their generosity, their kindness, flowed from hearts filled with faith, love, and hope. Their faith believed God's promise that all was right between them and God because Jesus had risen from the dead taking away their sins. And so their faith trusted their heavenly Father to provide for them so that they could be generous towards others. Their love towards those in need burned brightly because they had experienced the lavish love of God that had given his most precious treasures, his his own dear son, had given him up for them. And their hope anticipated the heavenly inheritance that never perishes, spoils, or fades. And so they did not cling to their earthly stuff, which soon perishes. And they did not run after the the fading pleasures that such things offer. Yes, what a change of life. What a metamorphosis the Easter message that same Easter message as it changes our hearts changes our lives as well. In fact, 
an unchanged life is evidence revealing an unchanged heart that is still dead in sin. Now, though, there is a part of you and me, dear Christian friends, a part of us that remains unchanged. That's the old self. That old self used to be in complete control. There was nothing else but the old self in us. That's the way we were born. And the old self doesn't like taking second place inside of us, and so it is constantly trying to overthrow that new self that the Holy Spirit created in us at baptism. That old self is what makes it feel so difficult and burdensome, even impossible to live for Jesus, to change and do what is right and good. That old self must be beaten, forced, coerced, and drowned day by day. We will never turn our old self into a Christian. It will never be converted. It will never completely die in this life. And so we battle on day after day. We struggle on to keep that old self from interfering with the good we want to do as God's people. We keep on battling that old self, drowning it day after day so that it does not choke out our faith or smother our new life. But where? Where do we find the strength to carry on this combat against the old self and to drown it daily? Where? we find that strength and how does our new self daily come forth to rise and live before God in righteousness and purity what did those first Christians do the text tells us they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer and so dear Christian friends Devote yourself to the apostles' teaching, that is, to the Holy Scriptures, which the Lord himself gave the apostles and prophets to write for us. Gather with your fellow Christians around the word to gladly hear and learn it, united in heart and mind. What a fellowship that is. Devote yourself to that one-of-a-kind breaking of bread, the Lord's Supper. Christ's body and blood bring you the forgiveness of sins. And receive that supper with a heart of prayer. That is a heart that humbles ourselves before God, confessing our sins and firmly trusting the promise of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. For you see, dear friends, it is through the word and sacraments that the Holy Spirit changes us from the outside, from the inside out. Yes, dear friends, Jesus took me just as I am, and he changed me, and he has done the same for you. He changes our hearts, and he changes our lives. He took us worm-like sinners and transformed us. Don't cling to the old. Rather, press on as you devote your heart to
to God's word and sacraments and busy yourself with them. For it is through them that the Spirit changes our hearts and lives. Remember the butterfly. What a metamorphosis the Easter message works. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.